What's up, everybody? Welcome to Leaders of Lifestyle, a podcast all about real estate, sports, and entertainment. Take a deep dive with me into the world of high-end lifestyle and get exposed to the different leaders behind the scenes of it all. So let's get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Leaders of Lifestyle podcast. I'm your host, Michael Ferraro, and today we have a super special guest, the first selectman of Greenwich, Fred Camillo. How are you? Mike, good to be here, Mike. Thank you so much for being on with us. We have so much to cover today, but I thought it would be a great perspective for um, our listeners and our viewers to kind of understand a little bit more about you and kind of your journey. I know that you are a fourth generation resident of Greenwich. Your family has long roots in the town. Um, from being a resident to a very successful business person to then uh, in politics, uh, where you went and worked at the, the Capitol uh, up in Hartford, to now first selectman of Greenwich. Uh, congratulations on all your success, but kind of give everybody some perspective of that story. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, and again, it's an honor to be here. Um, you know, it's, uh, I don't know how different it is, but um, from other um, people that have served in this in this uh, office, but when I was running, um, a friend of mine who was a seatmate in in the in the at the Capitol was also running for first select woman of her town, and she found that she was the second female to ever run for that office. So I said, "Gee, I wonder if I'm any first, second, third, or fourth." And I just did some quick research and found out that I was if I had won. Uh, I would be the first first selectman that served in the legislature and served on the RTM and then ultimately came into this office. Wow. So it was pretty, pretty cool. But as my dad, uh, my late dad would tell me that and a dollar 50 get your soda. That's it. <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, growing up here and, and volunteering here since I was a young, young kid and playing sports. And then after uh, that ended, uh, which went well into my, late twenties. Um, it, it did a lot of coaching and running of clinics and, uh, and, uh, umpiring. I did that God for about 35 years. So, uh, volunteering and civic involvement's always been a uh, part of my DNA, but, um, I always loved politics and I followed it, uh, next to baseball and, and sports. That, uh, was my next thing uh, that really interested me when I was growing up. And I followed it from afar and then got on the RTM, which is our local legislature, uh, I believe in my early 30s, and then went on to chair the Parks and Recreation Board, which was a natural and which I really loved. And then um, uh, served on lots of boards and, and uh, chaired the Republican Town Committee. And then there was an opening in the uh, state legislature, and I ran for a seat that was once held by uh, my late cousin, Michael Morano who has the bridge named after him. After yep. 83, he secured the funds, helped secure the funds for that to be rebuilt. So uh, it's been, a, a, you know, just a, such a great honor to, uh, to serve, be in a position to serve people. And there's uh, the, as, as my friend Billy Ferraro from Costa told me one time, uh, give and forget, receive and remember. And that's what's great about this job is you just, just giving of your time, uh, there's no greater payment for that. It's, just, it's a great honor. So you were always into politics. What was it? Do you remember the first thing you were like, oh, that, that's, that's the thing. I, I, me personally, my grandfather was an avid 
Rush Limbaugh listener. He was, used to pick me up in the old Cadillac before the baseball games and, or take me to his house on the weekends to hang out. He was my best friend. And it was Rush Limbaugh. I don't know what they were talking about. But all I heard was, was that. And it, I put the two and two together. And I always did have a fascination with politics, whether regardless of the political views. I love the idea of it. What, did you have that kind of moment where you're like, that's it? That's great. Well, you know, my first memory of politics, and it's funny, you mentioned your grandfather. I was walking in the streets of Stanford uh, with my grandmother. And uh, I was, oh God, I was, I, I was, I had to be six. And I remember her talking about Hubert Humphrey and she didn't like Richard Nixon because he, he was for the rich, she said. That was her opinion. Yeah. I knew my dad, who was a working class guy, a former drill instructor in the Marine Corps. I knew he was voting for Nixon. Yeah. So I, I immediately chose Nixon. I love my grandmother, but I, you know, I was really close with my father and, uh, and I just followed it. And I, I uh, strangely followed national politics and I, I loved a governor of California in the early seventies uh, who became a president in 1980, Ronald Reagan. And um, my two, two of my dogs are named uh, one's named Reagan and one's named Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but uh, it's, those are my earliest memories of, um, and just followed it again. It's the first thing I did in the morning when I was a kid, I'd run and get the New York post and read the back page, the sports section. And then I'd go read about government and, uh, and politics. And how old were you when you were doing that? Oh, 10, 11, 12, so at 10, 11, 12, you were, Hey, I'm going to play a ball. My, my friends, I'm gonna check the sports scores and the highlights, but then let's flip and look at the politics side. It was weird. Yeah. It's kind of, and I remember coming home, um, it was 1972 and I had a basketball. So I was 10 years old and we had a night league and I, at the Costco school and I came back and it was election night and it, I sat there watching the returns with my father. We didn't say much. It was watching it, uh, with the Nixon's reelection. So it was just strangely fascinating to me. I, I don't know why it just always was. Was it, Growing up, did you have a perception of what it was going to be like in that life of politics? And then did it change when you actually got into government and you were actually now a policymaker and everything? Great question. I, I had no clue or no desire when I was young to go into it. I just liked paying attention to it and following it. But um, I probably started to think about running for something in my 30s. And Ultimately, I said, I want to be a state representative because I loved the, uh, the idea of legislating. I went to college late in life. I got a couple of degrees and um, uh, political science was one of them um, and uh, lo loved that idea. And I thought that would be a great thing to do to go and legislate and work on behalf of the constituents at the state capitol. And that uh, dream came true. And I, I was fortunate enough to serve 11 years in, in Hartford. Is there, is there any, anything that you, comparing it to being a state representative compared to the local government, I know you're, you're quoted as saying, like, I love my state, but I love my town more, <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, which I totally get. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about the two? Did you always kind of like, yeah, I, I like my job as state representative, but I got to get back to my town? And, or how does that, how did you feel about all that? You know, it's a great question. I obviously paid attention to what was going on in town and we had a first selectman uh, that I knew and I liked um, and he was uh, in the office for a while. So I, it really was not a, not a plan to run. And then 
Um, towards the end, when there was some question as to whether he was going to run or not, uh, people started having conversations with me, a, a few people. And, um, and I was taking it seriously. There had always been, I'll backtrack, there had always been, you know, people say, once you're in some type of an office, they'll always say, hey, what are you running for next? And I, I wasn't there, but people would have the conversation. I didn't start really seriously considering it uh, until um, the end of my predecessor's uh, sixth term. And all those things that I thought that I would like to do on a local level, I started to quickly uh, formulate a plan and, and how do, you know, I was, my, my task was how do I get out there that I really respect our past and our tradition here and that I want to continue that, but I also, I want to marry it to a bright, bold vision for the future. And uh, it was exciting to do that. We're and we're living that every day. We're doing some of those things right now. Uh, we've done a few already and um, it's really exciting. It's not easy because it's the, no matter what you propose, you're always going to have a different point of view and you got to accept that. And um, it, it's, uh, so you really have to, the skills that uh, I, I saw and, and was able to acquire a few of them up in Hartford uh, was working with people and, and, and allowing for differences and learning not to take everything personal. And um, that's, that's probably the toughest thing, right? If you, you read something in the paper that's not true or something on a Twitter or Facebook that's not true, you know, the, the, I'm Italian. So the first thing is I want to jump right back at them. Yep. You got to be very careful because you're not just representing yourself and protecting your own reputation. You're really, you, you wear the uniform of the town of Greenwich. So um, you have to act accordingly. So I, that's what really keeps me focused on uh, what's important and um, what to, uh, what to basically, you know, just, um, you don't want to say ignore because you always want to be aware of what uh, people are saying, but to put in perspective. Yeah, I feel like politics is, there's always a counter argument to every one of your, you make a good, valid, right choice argument. There's a counter argument where it does the same thing on the other end, but it's a different path. So it's yeah. being able to essentially say, no, we have two paths. Let's make it work between the two parties and, and however, and that's the, that's why the individual is so important as who is elected because their ability to make that work is the whole, that's everything. You got that right, Mike. It, it, when I was in Hartford, the first year I was there, after the first few sessions, I sat in the front row and I said, how could they vote that way? But quickly, getting to know the people in the chamber uh, on both sides of the aisle, you quickly realize they just have a different worldview. It's not that their goals are any different. In most cases, they're the same, not always. But they come from a different worldview. And, and have a different perspective and that's that's a good thing because you don't want everybody having the same perspective or coming from the same place so i quickly you know in a strange way uh, quickly learned to appreciate that yeah well uh excellent thank you so much for getting to understand you a little bit better and where you came from and your your history with uh with greenwich and in politics and everything like that um we are a sports entertainment real estate lifestyle podcast so um Let's talk a little bit about uh, real estate. I am a real estate guy, as you know, a real estate broker. And I have always felt, and this is in the last, let's say, four years, the most undervalued um, place in Connecticut, in my opinion, was Greenwich. And I said that because of everything that Greenwich offered, 
but with uh, the feeling like sports, entertainment, real estate, things were leaving. I couldn't, and, and, and there was this misconception. We 88, 90 months of inventory, backcountry wasn't selling, nothing was happening. And I, didn't, I, was, I was getting into the town and I couldn't understand it. I said, look at approximately New York City, look at our tax, look at all the different stuff. Uh, but now we're in a different world. We're in a real estate boom, a craze historically low interest rates. There's no inventory. Everything is selling for record numbers. Mm -hmm. So the question to you I would pose is, why do you think we were having such a hard time with people leaving? What now are they realizing that we knew all along about Greenwich? And what are we going to do to see this thing continue going forward? That, that's a great question. And I, I would start by saying, no matter how good a town like Greenwich is governed or the proximity to New York and all that that has to offer or the fact we have beautiful shoreline and a countryside and a hospital. Not many towns have a hospital. Right. Um, and we have a great uh, civic spirit here in town. It's second to none as far as the volunteerism. But we were up against really bad policy in Hartford um, that can, went from really a little economic powerhouse of a state, 3.5 million uh, up until 1991, when they put the income tax in there, that was the beginning of the decline. But it also affected Greenwich because no matter how much people loved Greenwich, they found that they can go somewhere else, in Sunbelt. They can live um, on a lot more, uh, uh, live uh, a lot higher as far as quality of life when it comes to a bigger house and maybe being able to afford something on the water, which they, because of the real estate being high here, and not get clipped with the taxes like they do here. Um, so we kept our, we've kept our taxes historically low here in Greenwich um, and for several reasons, but um, unfortunately that still wasn't enough to stem what was going on in Hartford. So, you know, now um, when the pandemic hit, there are a lot of people here that were tied to this area, especially New York City. They didn't wanna leave. Uh, the, 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 the region. So they looked around and they saw, wow, Greenwich is a, is a great bargain, right? Because Westchester is a really beautiful county. Uh, it's like Fairfield County, but it has county government, which we abolished in 1960. Um, so it's a little bit more expensive. And uh, Greenwich, of, of all the, uh, you know, towns in, in Connecticut, we have uh, the lowest mill rate. So, um, and of course, we're, we're the first town over, so it's real close to New York. Sure. It was, that was a, a really um, a chance for us to show that, hey, come here. It's not just low taxes. We have a great run government. We have lots going on. And so what I wanted to do is when I was running, I said, you know, as great of a town as Greenwich is, I wanted to marry our past, our great past, our respect for that past with a bright, bold future. And... What did that future entail uh, or include? Uh, I envisioned a pedestrian-friendly Greenwich Avenue uh, connected to a brand new waterfront. And we've already started working on that. And the last piece of this, that puzzle was the pedestrian-friendly Greenwich Avenue because we had talked about outdoor dining. Right. We knew that was going to be the toughest part because it involved taking away a few parking spaces up and down the avenue and still working on getting more parking without building ugly structures. So we're doing all that now, but that the reason why it went first was because 
if we didn't, when the pandemic hit, if we didn't act, a lot of those restaurants would have went out of business. So it turned out to be one of the silver linings. Uh, so it, it really has, and what's going on um, on the avenue, what's going on, we're raising money, we're getting people donating money now to beautify the avenue, to publicly enhance, uh, to enhance the public safety uh, aspect of the avenue by doing bump outs and making the uh, intersections closer, um, beautifying it. We put out an RFP, request for a proposal for uh, the redo of, redesign of Roger Sherman Baldwin Park. That's now ongoing. Uh, lots of things going on. Bruce Museum's being redone. The Greenwich train station is going to be redone. So it's all lots of moving places, but we wanted to show people that um, we have to step up our game a little bit because, again, we still have, there's lots of horrible legislation being proposed this year in Hartford, and it's not helpful. It's not helpful to any, any of the 169 towns, especially those here in, in, in Fairfield County. So uh, we really have to, you know, step it up to make it so, you know, to, to make Greenwich an even better destination than it's been. And, and so far, you know, in the last year, we've, uh, uh, I'm happy to say things have been going well and there's still a lot to, lot to do. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. Um, so let's, let's talk a little about it. You kind of segue perfectly. Um, you know, the, the Greenwich's future, a vision for the next decade, right? Let's just title it that. Um, the theater, uh, the park, Greenwich Avenue. Um, we, I know that there was, that's interesting with the train station. It's the only privately owned train station in the state of Connecticut. Yes. Awesome. Um, we talked about recycling, <laughs> you know, yes. uh, keeping the mill rate low, taxes, the whole thing. So you've put some, we, we've done a really good job. Obviously it's, it's, you've done a really great job the, the COVID did it. Did you find that you had to put some stuff on hold because of COVID because a lot of, a lot of the stuff that you're working on policy wise and to, to kind of make Greenwich a desirable um, location kind of happened because people came. Um, but now they're here, we're going to do the policies to keep them the state. But did you find anything had to take a pause and what are we doing going forward with, with those, those things is anything up on the horizon? Let's talk future and all those avenues. Yeah, another great question. Yeah, so um, we really stuck to what we were going to do. Um, certainly, COVID, we were doing daily meetings at the, emerg at the Emergency Operations Center and then daily press conferences. Now we're doing weekly uh, for both. So that really took front and center because back a year ago in March, we really didn't know where this was going. We didn't know how bad it was going to get. We didn't even know if there was going to be a vaccine. Right. So, uh, there were a couple things that uh, we put on the on the back burner that are now st starting to uh, uh, get back on track again, which is great. But several things we didn't stop, and uh, one 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 for example was reimagined Greenwich. That was the uh, idea about how do we transform our downtown center, and uh, that that continued, and it's really in the summer it picked up even more, and it's it's really going in a great direction. Um, we're trying to do that with all the sections of Greenwich. Some are a little ahead of others. Um, in one section, they want to do it, but their half wants to go in one direction, half wants to go in another. So they'll work it out. But they know that they have a willing partner here in Town Hall that will help them in any way we can. Um, 
to, again, step up the game a little bit. Right. Greenwich, every single part of Greenwich, um, a destination, even more of a destination than it, than it has been for the last hundred years. Do you have anything in your, in, in your, I mean, we're talking the, the changes you're making and that's why you titled it, you know, really a vision for the next decade. Um, and this is a decade worth of work that you're talking about to kind of take something that was already amazing and, and increase it so that people would come, but they're already here. So we want them to stay and we need even more people to come. What's in the queue right now to um, like, th- that's in my target. I'm, I'm, that's, that's my thing. I'm working on that right now. That's a big thing for 2021. Well, there's, there's several things. Um, for about 30 years, uh, we've been talking about getting a new civic center on, in old Greenwich. Hmm. And each time there's been a committee and they've done some great work and it reason it would fall apart at the end because there was just no agreement. Uh, we've gotten the approvals now for that. We're going forward with that. Um, it's, it's in the budget for the, it got the um, land use approvals, but it's in the budget and we're making the case that the 18 million plus price tag uh, won't actually cost us 18 plus million because we are, um, uh, working on actively working on getting donors for that. Uh, we have one very serious one um, that we're hopefully in the final stages of negotiations with. So, we're all you know, that's one. Next year is a brand new Dorothy Hamill skating rink, which is, again has been talked about for a long time because that was built piecemeal. So of course it's not one of the nicer rinks in Fairfield County because in 1972 when we first put the rink there. Um, my Aunt Rose used to take me skating there, and all there was was a slab of ice and boards. That was it. Yeah. Um, so that's long overdue. That's going to get done. The uh, Northwest Gem Station, Greenwich Emergency Medical Services, they're going to get, finally, after six years, we're going to put a little station up there so those, those vehicles can be housed, uh, garaged during the winter. So if there's an emergency, nothing, God forbid, would ever freeze up. Um, Things like that, the remediation of the fields, uh, the contaminated soil at Western Middle School and Greenwich High School, we put that's in the budget this year. Um, so lots of things that have been longstanding issues, some for decades, not even years, but decades. Now we're gonna get some of them done right off the bat. So that that's very exciting, but there's, there's a, a few other projects that I would have loved to have thrown in again on top of all this stuff in the budget, but. Again, it's that balance, right? Keeping the mill rate low, uh, pay for what you can, and not burden the taxpayers now and in the future with a bill um, with money you don't have right now. So some of the worthwhile projects will get done. It's just they're a few years out. I think that's why so many people love you is that you're, you're the fiscal conservativeness, right? You're, you're common sense, you're business oriented, and you wanna see a growth forward-thinking future, but with some fiscal concerns, you know, going to blow everything up. And <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's my, thank you so much for saying it. It's really, um, it's so tempting. You look, it's like, a, I liken it to a young kid going by a store that's full of candy in the window. You want it all, but you obviously, it's not good for your health. And so, in this case, it wouldn't be good fiscally for us to do everything all at once. We right. could do a lot more, but then you're going to have a, a lot bigger tax bill. And then Greenwich would then lose one of its greatest assets and that you never want to lose that. Oh, absolutely. That's, I mean, there's no question our, you know, our biggest, you know, real estate commodity was Westchester. <laughs> the influx, the Westchester buyers were, were massive. And now we're seeing them from New York city heavily. They don't have to make the commute anymore working from home. 
Hamptons is a second home world. It's become, you know, Greenwich now. Um, so it's, it's and in Florida, even people saying, I don't know if I want to make the track anymore, that sort of thing. So it's been, um, from a real estate perspective, Greenwich is what the taxes has just been such a desirable location for so many people. Um, speaking of that, and this is going to kind of round off the real estate stuff. Where do you see the commercial and residential uh, development of 2021 and beyond for Greenwich? Has it looked compared to before and where do you see it going? Any policies that help promote that, that world? How, how should people feel about it? Well, you know, we're, there are, we have, we're blessed with a great, a zoning commission and uh, and great volunteers there, and also our our professional staff. But um, we also, unfortunately, again, you have mandates from the state and uh, laws there that allow developers sometimes to do things that you normally wouldn't see in a neighborhood, which could totally uh, change the look of a neighborhood. Mm. There, there again, there's so many bad pieces of legislation uh, that have been put in by legislators upstate. Um, that are aimed at towns like Greenwich and, and Darien and, you know, Glastonbury and Madison. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate that uh, we all love our, our local autonomy. And I think that's what makes, uh, you know, for historically, which has made our state great. And you've seen a little bit of chipping away of, of that uh, from policies coming from Hartford. That's a big concern. So you want to stay ahead of that without, again, tearing up what has really worked. We have, uh, I love pointing, I used to love and still do pointing out to my colleagues from upstate. I take them around Greenwich and show them all the working class neighborhoods and how diverse it was. Yeah. They, they, were, they were really shocked because they were thinking everything, every street had mansions on them and, yeah. and castles and it really works. You know, you have all different socioeconomic levels here um, and a great, as I said before, a great, uh, level of civic participation, uh, lots of volunteerism. So, you know, we worry, uh, you know, what, what's going on in Hartford, but as far as, you know, development here, uh, that leaving that alone from Hartford, they do a really good job about keeping Greenwich green and keeping it uh, really uh, a beautiful place, not only to live, but to visit and just to drive down the street. You don't see uh, monstrosities all over the place in, in areas where they shouldn't be. And, um, and, and I say that knowing full well, there are people who grew up here who, you know, say, well, it's never the way it used to be. And, and, and I hear that all over wherever I go, if I'm going through a, a town in Northwest Connecticut, which beautiful rural, and I'll say, what a beautiful Norman Rockwell like town. And we'll say, ah, oh, they ruined it. You know, the counties will say that. So you're always going to have a little bit of that, but, um, for, for the most part, we really are blessed with a great uh, zoning commission. Yeah, I mean, it, again, just promote Greenwich. I mean, you have Backcountry, you have Upper Cross, Lower Cross, mm -hmm. South Parkway, Coscob, Old Greenwich, Riverside. You have, you know, Glenville, all these different areas of Greenwich. I mean, it's, there's so, it's so big and so diverse that there is something for everyone. Um, promoting the golden triangle is very nice and exclusive. And we having all the, the people ha who, who have been in the past and starting to come back again are starting to realize again, the value um, of the real estate here for your family, because the school system is second to none. Uh, everything that uh, the lifestyle of Greenwich promotes. And that's what this podcast too is about lifestyle, right? It's however you live your life. And we talk about properties that are 
you know, big backwoods properties, uh, beachfront properties, you know, in town properties, however your lifestyle is. And that's why Greenwich again is so great because you can live whatever lifestyle that you want, the country club life, whatever you'd like, it's there for you. Um, so, so a hundred percent. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about you as we kind of wrap up the podcast. I want to know, we're getting some stuff about, uh, Fred Camillo here. Um, what is your greatest professional or personal achievement? Your call. Oh God, I've never been asked that. <laughs> like that little curveball? Yeah, that's a, more of a slider. Um, <laughs> I, t- I got a, you know, just being um, an achievement, and I'll, I'll give the achievement the credit to to the people in town. They trusted me to um, represent them in Hartford for 11 years, be their voice up there, and also uh, trusting me with this uh, office uh, last year. Uh, and, and really being, um, you know, we put out the COVID uh, guidelines, both from the local perspective and also uh, carrying out the governor's executive orders. Uh, just seeing the response overall, that was really good. Uh, that was an achievement, but again, I, I credit the people for that stuff. But, you know, just not really many, I, you know, I, I never really thought about that question. It's, uh, I've just been, I've been very, very blessed. Uh, to grow up in a place um, that afforded me the opportunity to learn about volunteerism um, and, you know, to be able to walk down the street lot and without fear of getting shot. I mean, lots of places, well, yeah, lots of places around don't have that security. Right? And, yeah. and they, we take it for granted that you live in a, in a very safe community and where people look out for one another. And growing up in Costco, uh, I could tell you, if you did something wrong, one of the neighbors would have got would have grabbed you, and 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 sometimes they didn't even tell your parents, and you didn't want them to tell your parents. And it was a different time, but <clears throat> I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. So, just again, not much on the achievement side. Just very blessed to be in a position to to serve. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, what's something that uh, What's something that the public, just people? I mean, you're a public figure, obviously. What's something that the public doesn't know about you? Maybe uh, something you nerd out on or something uh, about yourself. God. Um, I mean, I, with, with Instagram and Twitter. and you know, It's hard to have something private out, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love to kayak. I love to hike. I, I love my, my animals that I'm always with. And uh, uh, um, walk to the gym every morning or as early as I can before work. Um, you know, just... But that's, I don't, you know, it's hard to know what people know and what they don't know. I know they see the weekly e-blast we do each, each Friday. Um, so they're familiar with some things, but you just never know what. But you, you know, you watch that, uh, you know, Greenwich in the next decade uh, video from that we did, I think, last, yeah. last winter. Um, so that stuff is out there. So you really don't know what people have watched and, what, and whether they watch it all. Um, so you always assume, you know, like anything else you that they don't know anything and you're always, uh, they go back to the old Joe DiMaggio story where someone said, Joe, why, why did you run out of ground ball to shortstop? You know, you're this late in your career and you, you know, you want to save your legs. And he said, there's somebody watching me for the first time today. And there's somebody watching me for the last time. That's right. That's, that's, right. that's how you really, um, I try to this job 
is that people are judging you for what you do right now and today, uh, not by what you did or your, you know, your success, you know, three years ago and two years ago and last year, it's, it's like a baseball manager, right? You win the world series one year. If you're in last place the next year, your job's in jeopardy. That's it. I, I mean, and, and you're hundred percent right. And I, some of the stuff that you said, uh, in that, that video that I was watching, that I was doing some research on you, um, said, you know, Hey, if I do a really good job and Greenwich wants me back next year, I'll come and, I just want to do a hundred percent, lay my head on the pillow at the end of the night, and know that I did everything I possibly could. Like that's, that's the stuff, you know, especially being an athlete, having coached and you, it's, you pick up on that. Like you, you learn a lot about somebody's character and how they're thinking about how, what, how they're thinking about that stuff. So excellent. Um, okay. Uh, if I was to go to your iTunes or something, uh, what's the first, what kind of, what's the first song and or type of music that pop up? Well, you know, Sinatra is number one. Okay, so Sinatra, but, boards on there. Chairman of the board. I do love uh, the seventies, easy listening, Southern rock. Um, okay. I've, I've started to like country music a lot. I drove okay. to Florida a couple of years ago, one of my German shepherds and I was had to listen to country music. There was nothing I was playing and I really got to like it. So um, there's just a few um, types of music that I, I don't know much about. I, I can like, just picture you driving to to work at a before a big meeting playing you know did it my way by sinatra it's <laughs> getting pumped up there's a sinatra, there's a sinatra song for every situation in life if you really listen yeah. if you're a, a fan of his or if you're not look at i tell people uh, suggest go buy a few albums the he talks to almost every situation in life uh, down and out on top yeah it's uh you're flying high in April, shot down in May, that type yeah. of thing. I mean, are you a Billy Joel fan? Yeah, very, yeah, love him. Yeah, I never, growing up in upstate New York, I mean, I'd never heard of Billy Joel. I didn't, I didn't know him. And every, because my generation, you were either rock music or you listened to rap, right? And when I got <laughs> to, to Connecticut, I met my wife and everything. Everybody I knew was a huge, I'm Billy Joel, who's Billy Joel? And then I realized, and I went to, oh, I've been at how many concerts now and New Year's Eve concerts and seen him play. My wife was, I actually proposed to my wife on stage during uh, Big Shot's Billy Joel band. Uh, that's, she was singing, We Didn't Start the Fire. And I proposed to her on, on stage in front of everybody for her birthday. And, uh, oh my God, that's great. So I, and I was like, Billy, Joel, I mean, how could you not growing up in our hair? How did I not know about Billy Joel? But it's, uh, but yeah, so Billy Joel was another one that I, I switched in country music too. Was yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, I go to the, and sometimes, uh, I hate to say during, once in a while, they, they, they accommodate, uh, some of us, uh, older guys that go to the gym, but, during the you know morning, some of the music I don't even know who's singing. I, I and I'm and I'm scaring myself because now I'm starting to know the songs. Oh, there you go. You're singing to the new iTunes and everything. <laughs> uh, so we open up your fridge. What's in your fridge? Uh, drinks kombucha. I drink a lot of kombucha. Uh, probiotics. Um, of course, I love pasta and pizza, but I, I really watch what I eat. So, and if I do a little bit of that, it's earlier in the day. Uh, lots of uh, fish, lots of salmon, uh, lots of uh, some uh, yogurt. Um, pretty organic, lots of organic stuff. Um, I stay away from processed sugar; not good for you. Um, except for when I go out to a nice Italian restaurant, I will get a little bit of a, a ricotta cheesecake. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. That's my good. Guilty, that's my guilty pleasure, but. Um, I try to be really good. So I try to stay healthy. 
Gotcha. All right, here you go. Ready? Uh, if you had to choose between one of these two, which would it be? Would you like to wake up and go do a CrossFit class, or would you like to go play around round of golf? CrossFit. See, that's an most I've asked a lot of people, and they've said, "Oh, I'll play around round of golf." And that's, I would much rather go do a CrossFit class. Yeah, CrossFit. It's a lifestyle thing. Like what you know, golf's great. Go do golf after CrossFit. Yeah. Go oh, yeah. Do do our CrossFit and then do CrossFit first. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we kind of I, I asked that, but if uh, about music, but um, you had to sit down on the couch. Days over. You're gonna turn on a movie. What genre of movie are you going to? Oh God. You know I'm more of the old style. Um, you know the an old. Uh, World War II type, you know, Longest Day, John Wayne type movie. I like those. I love, obviously, Godfather 1 and 2. I could watch them once a year. Um, you know, it's classic. I love documentaries. That's what I, I really like to watch, something that was actually happened. Um, but beyond, beyond that, you know, the classics, but not um, – I don't go to that many movies, which uh, hopefully that will change at some point. Yeah, we'll go back. Now it's all Netflix. Now you watch everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite Greenwich restaurant? Oh, God, you're going to get me in trouble now. <laughs> I knew it. See, I knew it was asking. I was telling yeah. my, my people. I said, I'm going to ask this question. And yeah, I know. I love them all. I'm going to know. I love them all. I could say this. I went to check on my mom last week in Florida. So I, I won't get in trouble saying this. In uh, Deerfield Beach, there was Luigi Aroma. Yep. If you're down there, go. There. What a great restaurant. Um, I won't get in trouble saying that because they're yeah. not down here uh, or up here, I should say. Um, they're all really good. I, you know, we call the Coscobber the office because we're there all the time. Yeah, Coscobber is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's our cheers. I call it, you know, the, the show cheers on TV. That's where you go there and you know, everybody there. It's just, it's fun, but we have really some great restaurants and um, on the Avenue, some new ones coming in. Um, and of course, you know, I would tell people come to Greenwich first, but if, if you've, you know, you have to go out of town. There's always uh, the Bronx, Arthur Avenue is only 20 minutes away. Uh, my family's from the Bronx. There you go. Castle you Hill. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Wonderful. Great so, food. um, last question. Answer however you like. Uh, what's retirement look like for Fred Camillo? Oh, I hope I never retire, Mike. I knew you were going to say that too. I, know. I hope I never retire, but I hope um, I will be here in my hometown of Greenwich and spending a little time where there's palm trees and, and playing a little golf and working out and working on not only doing something, but also volunteering. Probably, please God, uh, in animal welfare. That's, that's something that's near and dear to me. Is, uh, oh, okay. I've done a lot with animal welfare. That was one of the big things I did in Hartford. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to do that. I'd like to help. You know, someone said to me a long time ago, you reach a point in life where you've done your required courses and you're, doing, you're into the elective stage. So you're in the elective oh, sure, course. Yeah. So I would like to do a lot more volunteering and things that uh, are, I'm passionate about. Now, we just talked about a retirement question for down the road, but I mean, and you have done so much from, you know, Greenwich resident to successful business person, which we didn't talk a lot about, but maybe we can talk about another time. Um, to public service uh, at the representative level for the state. And then now to everything that you are doing, probably some of the most important work that 
has or can be done dealing with some of the most, I mean, listen, the last hundred years, you're in a position of representing this amazing town during the most difficult time this country, possibly this world's faced. Um, and you're handling it terrifically. And um, thank you so much for being on. We are all in support. And uh, please let everybody know, you know, where they can find more information about uh, Greenwich government or ask questions or just get more, where, where can they go? Sure. Thanks so much, Mike. It's been, again, an honor uh, to be on your show and I look forward to coming back again. Um, you know, if you can go to the town website, www.greenwichct.org, um, look at all that's on there. It's, it's always changing. Also, if you haven't signed up for those weekly e-blasts, that's a great thing. Go to the First Selectman's page. You'll see Community Connections from Fred. Fred. You click on that and you just put your email address in there. You'll, be, you'll find, you'll get more things each week about what's going on in town. Um, and then just, you know, going on social media, there's a Facebook page there. There's a Twitter page. Um, uh, there's an Instagram page. Uh, you get a little bit, the Instagram page is very active. Um, Jenny Larkin does a great job with that. You know what the, what's the handle of the Instagram? Uh, it's, it's, I think it's Greenwich CT at OFS. Uh, okay, we'll find it. We'll, we'll put a link in the description for everybody. Greenwich CT OFS, OFS being Office of First Selectman. Okay, okay, good. And that's when we can find all the uh, Instagram stories of you listening to country music and <laughs> hiking and, and doing all those things. But there's pro that's probably on Facebook. <laughs> oh, Facebook's the place. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. That's where we could go and find all the things that we didn't know about Fred Cavillo. Okay. <laughs> well, Fred, thank you so much. It's been an absolute honor and a privilege. And uh, we wish you all the best of luck in running everything and, and uh, all the stuff that you have. So thank you again so much for being on. Mike, thank you. Again, it's an honor. You do a great job with this. I had a tremendous time here. And I look forward to coming back and talking with you. All right. God bless everyone. Thank you. Leaders of Lifestyle podcast. Till next time.